Hello, and welcome to All Things Plantagenet. My name is Donnie Hazel, and I am your host. To all of my original listeners, welcome back. To those new to the show, welcome. I am a storytelling historian with a great love for the Plantagenet dynasty, as I am a direct descendant to Geoffrey of Anjou via my paternal line on my grandmother Carter's side. I descend through Diana Skipwith, daughter of Sir Henry Skipwith and Amy Kemp. Diana married Captain Thomas Carter. They immigrated to the Americas in 1650, settling in Barford in Lancaster County, Virginia. So with that said, please like and download the show as it helps other listeners learn about the show. If you wish to support this podcast, there is a link for you to do so, and it would be much appreciated as it would help with costs of maintaining the website www.allthingsplantagenet.com where you can find the podcast as well as extra items for each episode you can read or download. You can also find great books and videos for sale as well. Feel free to also visit our Facebook page. A link is provided as well on the website. Okay, on to the episode. Act 1 of Edward the Second. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Edward the Second by Christopher Marlowe. Dramatis Personae. Piers Gaveston. Read by Chuck Williamson. King Edward the Second. Read by Martin Geeson. Lancaster and Barclay. Read by Todd. Mortimer Sr. Monks and Matrevis. By Rick F. Mortimer Jr. Read by M.B. The Earl of Kent. Read by Ariel Lipshaw. The Earl of Warwick. Read by Alan Matstone. The Bishop of Coventry. The Bishop of Winchester. And the Bishop of Canterbury. Read by Algie Pug. Queen Isabella. Read by Elizabeth Clett. Pembroke, Mower, and Gurney. Read by Thomas Cardwell. Prince Edward. Read by Charlotte Durkett. Spencer, Jr. Read by Robin King. Baldock. Read by Aubwant de Tree. First Poor Man. The Earl of Arundel. And First Lord. Read by Lambda. Second Poor Man. Horseboy. Levune. Abbot of Neath and Champion, read by Elizabeth Clett. Third Poor Man, Rysap Howell, and Trussell, read by Amanda Friday. The King's Niece, read by Libby Gone. Messenger, and Herald, read by Capricia Page. Spencer Sr., read by Algie Pug. Lester, read by Joseph Abel. Sir John of Aino, Lightbourne, and soldier read by alan matchstone and narrated by elizabeth clatt act one scene one a street in london enter gaveston reading on a letter that was brought him from the king my father is deceased come gaveston and share the kingdom with thy dearest friend. <laughs> ah, words that make me surfeit with delight. 
What greater bliss can hap to Gaveston Than live and be the favorite of a king? Sweet prince, I come. These, these, thy amorous lines Might have enforced me to have swum from France. And, like Leander gasped upon the sand, so thou wouldst smile and take me in thy arms. Oh, the sight of London to my exiled eyes is as Elysium to a new-come soul. Not that I love the city or the men, but that it harbors him I hold so dear. The king, upon whose bosom let me lie, and with the world be still at enmity. What need the Arctic people love starlight, to whom the sun shines both by day and night? Farewell, base stooping to the lordly peers. My knee shall bow to none but to the king. As for the multitude that are but sparks, raked up in embers of their poverty, uh, Tonti, I'll fawn first on the wind that glanceth at my lips and flieth away. But how now? What are these? Enter three poor men. Such as desire your worship's service. What canst thou do? I can ride. Uh, but I have no horses. What art thou? A traveller. Let me see. Thou wouldst do well to wit at my trencher and tell me lies at dinner-time. And, as I like your discoursing, I'll have you. And what art thou? A soldier that hath served against the Scot. Why, there are hospitals for such as you. I have no war. And therefore, sir, be gone. Farewell and perish by a soldier's hand that wouldst reward them with an hospital aside aye aye these words of his move me as much as if a goose should play the porpentine and dart her plumes thinking to pierce my breast but yet it is no pain to speak these men fair i'll flatter these and make them live in hope you know that I come lately out of France, and yet I have not viewed my lord the king. If I speed well, I'll entertain you all. We thank your worship. I have some business. Leave me to myself. We will wait here about the court. Exeunt. Do. These are not men for me. I must have wanton poets, pleasant wits, musicians, that, with touching of a string, may draw the pliant king which way I please. Music and poetry is his delight. Therefore I'll have Italian masks by night, sweet speeches comedies and pleasing shows and in the day when we shall walk abroad like sylvan nymphs my pages shall be clad 
my men like satyrs grazing on the lawns shall with their goat feet dance an antic hay sometime a lovely boy in diane's shape with hair that gilds the water as it glides crownets of pearl about his naked arms and in his sportful hands an olive tree to hide those parts which men delight to see shall bathe him in the spring and there hard by one like Actaeon peeping through the grove shall by the angry goddess be transformed and running in the likeness of an heart by yelping hounds pulled down and seem to die such things as these best please his majesty oh my lord here comes the king and the nobles from the parliament i'll stand aside retires enter the king lancaster mortimer senior mortimer junior edmund earl of kent guy earl of warwick etc lancaster my lord aside that earl of lancaster do i abhor will you not grant me this aside in spite of them i'll have my will and these two mortimers that cross me thus shall know i am displeased if you love us my lord hate gaveston aside that villain mortimer i'll be his death mine uncle here this earl and i myself was sworn to your father at his death that he should ne'er return into the realm and know my lord ere i will break my oath this sword of mine that should offend your foes shall sleep within the scabbard at thy need and underneath thy banners march who will for mortimer will hang his armour up aside mortier well mortimer i'll make thee rue these words beseems it thee to contradict thy king frownst thou thereat aspiring lancaster the sword shall plane the furrows of thy brows and hew these knees that now are grown so stiff i will have gaveston and you shall know what danger tis to stand against your king aside well done ned my lord why do you thus incense your peers that naturally would love and honour you but for that base and obscure gaveston four earldoms have i besides lancaster darby salisbury lincoln leicester these will i sell to give my soldiers pay ere gaveston shall stay within the realm therefore if he become expel him straight barons and earls your pride hath made me mute but now i'll speak and to the proof i hope i do remember in my father's days lord percy of the north being highly moved braved mowbray in presence of the king for which had not his highness loved him well he should have lost his head but with his look the undaunted spirit of percy was appeased and mowbray and he were reconciled yet dare you brave the king unto his face 
brother, revenge it, and let these their heads preach upon poles for trespass of their tongues. Oh, our heads! Ay, yours, and therefore I would wish you grant. Bridle thy anger, gentle Mortimer. I cannot, nor I will not. I must speak. Cousin, our hands, I hope, shall fence our heads, and strike off his that makes you threaten us. Come, uncle, let us leave the brain-sick king, and henceforth parley with our naked swords. Wiltshire hath men enough to save our heads. All Warwickshire shall love him for my sake. And northward Gaveston hath many friends. Adieu, my lord, and either change your mind, or look to see the throne where you should sit to float in blood, and at thy wanton head the glozing head of thy base minion throne. Exeunt all but King Edward, Kent, Gaveston, and attendants. I cannot brook these haughty menaces. Am I a king, and must be overruled? Brother, display my ensigns in the field. I'll bandy with the barons and the earls, and either die or live with Gaveston. Oh, I can no longer keep me from my lord. Comes forward. What? Gaveston? Oh, welcome! not my hand embrace me gaveston as i do thee why shouldst thou kneel knowest thou not who i am thy friend thyself another gaveston not hylas was more mourned of hercules than thou hast been of me since thy exile and since I went from hence, no soul in hell hath felt more torment than poor Gaveston. Oh, I know it. Brother, welcome, my friend. <laughs> now let the treacherous Mortimus conspire, and that high-minded Earl of Lancaster. I have my wish in that I joy thy sight and sooner shall the sea o'erwhelm my land than bear the ship that shall transport thee hence i here create thee lord high chamberlain chief secretary to the state and me earl of cornwall king and lord of man my lord these titles far exceed my worth Brother, the least of these may well suffice for one of greater birth than Gaveston. Cease, brother, for I cannot brook these words. Thy worth, sweet friend, is far above my gifts. Therefore, to equal it, receive my heart. If for these dignities thou be envied, I'll give thee more. For but to honour thee is Edward pleased with kingly regiment. Fearst thou thy person? Thou shalt have a guard. Wantest thou gold? Go to my treasury. Wouldst thou be loved and feared? Receive my seal. Save or condemn, and in our name command whatso thy mind affects or fancy likes. <laughs>
it shall suffice me to enjoy your love which whiles i have i think myself as great as caesar riding in the roman street with captive kings at his triumphant car enter the bishop of coventry whither goes my lord of coventry so fast to celebrate your father's exequies but is that wicked gaveston returned ay priest and lives to be revenged on thee that wert the only cause of his exile tis true and but for reverence of these robes thou shouldst not plod one foot beyond this place i did no more than i was bound to do and gaveston unless thou be reclaimed as then i did incense the parliament so will i now and thou shalt back to france saving your reverence you must pardon me laying hands on the bishop oh, throw off his golden mitre rend his stole and in the channel christen him anew ah brother lay not violent hands on him for he'll complain unto the sea of rome let him complain unto the sea of hell i'll be revenged on him for my exile no spare his life but seize upon his goods be thou lord bishop and receive his rents and make him serve thee as thy chaplain i give him thee here use him as thou wilt he shall to prison and there die in bolts ay to the tower the fleet where thou wilt for this offence be thou accursed of god who's there convey this priest to the tower true true but in the meantime gaveston away and take possession of his house and goods come follow me and thou shalt have my guard to see it done and bring thee safe again what should a priest do with so fair a house a prison may beseem his holiness exeunt scene two near the king's palace enter on one side both the mortimers on the other warwick and lancaster tis true the bishop is in the tower and goods and body given to gaveston what will they tyrannize upon the church ah wicked king accursed gaveston this ground which is corrupted with their steps shall be their timeless sepulchre or mine well let that peevish frenchman guard him sure unless his breast be sword-proof he shall die how now why droops the earl of lancaster wherefore is guy of warwick discontent that villain gaveston is made an earl an earl ay and besides lord chamberlain of the realm and secretary too and lord of man we may not nor we will not suffer this why post we not from hence to levy men my lord of cornwall now at every word and happy is the man whom he vouchsafes for veiling of his bonnet one good look thus arm in arm the king and he doth march nay more the guard upon his lordship waits and all the court begins to flatter him thus leaning on the shoulder of the king he nods and scorns and smiles at those that pass doth no man take exceptions at the slave all stomach him 
but none dare speak a word ah that bewrays their baseness lancaster were all the earls and barons of my mind will hail him from the bosom of the king and at the court gate hang the peasant up who swoln with venom of ambitious pride will be the ruin of the realm and us enter the bishop of canterbury and an attendant here comes my lord of canterbury's grace his countenance betrays he is displeased first were his sacred garments rent and torn then laid they violent hands upon him next himself imprisoned and his goods seized this certified the pope away take horse exit attendant my lord will you take arms against the king what need i god himself is up in arms when violence is offered to the church then will you join with us that be his peers to banish or behead that gaveston what else my lords for it concerns me near the bishopric of coventry is his enter the queen madam whither walks your majesty so fast unto the forest gentle mortimer to live in grief and baleful discontent for now my lord the king regards me not but dotes upon the love of gaveston he claps his cheeks and hangs about his neck smiles in his face and whispers in his ears and when i come he frowns as who should say go whither thou wilt seeing i have gaveston is it not strange that he is thus bewitched madam return unto the court again that sly inveigling frenchman we exile or lose our lives and yet ere that day come the king shall lose his crown for we have power and courage too to be revenged at full but yet lift not your swords against the king no but we'll lift gaveston from hence and war must be the means or he'll stay still then let him stay for rather than my lord shall be oppressed by civil mutinies i will endure a melancholy life and let him frolic with his minion my lords to ease all this but hear me speak we and the rest that are his counsellors will meet and with a general consent confirm his banishment with our hands and seals what we confirm the king will frustrate then may we lawfully revolt from him but say my lord where shall this meeting be at the new temple content and in the meantime i'll entreat you all to cross to lambeth and there stay with me come then let's away madam farewell farewell sweet mortimer and for my sake forbear to levy arms against the king ay if words will serve if not i must exeunt scene three a street in london enter gaveston and the earl of kent edmund the mighty prince of lancaster that hath more earldoms than an ass can bear and both the mortimers two goodly men with guy of warwick that redoubted knight are gone towards lambeth <laughs> there let them remain exeunt scene four the new temple enter lancaster warwick pembroke mortimer senior mortimer junior the bishop of canterbury and attendants here is the form of gaveston's exile may it please your lordship to subscribe your name give me the paper he subscribes as do the others after him quick quick my lord 
I long to write my name. But long I more to see him banished hence. The name of Mortimer shall fright the king, Unless he be declined from that base peasant. Enter the king, Gaveston, and Kent. What, are you moved that Gaveston sits here? It is our pleasure. We will have it so. Your grace doth well to place him by your side, For nowhere else the new earl is so safe. What man of noble birth can brook this sight? Quam male conveniunt I. See what a scornful look the peasant casts. Can kingly lions fawn on creeping ants? Ignoble vassal, that like Phaeton aspirest unto the guidance of the sun. Their downfall is at hand, their forces down. We will not thus be faced and overpeered. Lay hands on that traitor Mortimer. Lay hands on that traitor Gaveston. Is this the duty that you owe your king? We know our duties. Let him know his peers. Whither will you bear him? Stay, or ye shall die. We are no traitors. Therefore threaten not. No, threaten not, my lord. But pay them home. Were I a king. Thou villain, wherefore talk'st thou of a king That hardly art a gentleman by birth? Were he a peasant, being my minion, I'll make the proudest of you stoop to him. My lord, you may not thus disparage us. Away, I say, with hateful Gaveston. And with the Earl of Kent that favours him. Attendants remove Kent and Gaveston. Nay, then lay violent hands upon your king. Here, Mortimer, sit thou in Edward's throne. Warwick and Lancaster, wear you my crown. Was ever king thus overruled as I? Learn then to rule us better, and the realm. What we have done our heart-blood shall maintain. Think you that we can brook this upstart pride? Ah, anger and wrathful fury stops my speech. Why are you moved? Be patient, my lord, and see what we, your counsellors, have done. My lords, let us now all be resolute, and either have our wills or lose our lives. Meet you for this, proud, over-daring peers. Ere my sweet Gaveston shall part from me, this isle shall fleet upon the ocean and wander to the unfrequented Ind. You know that I am legate to the Pope. On your allegiance to the See of Rome, subscribe, as we have done, to his exile. Curse him if you refuse, and then may we depose him and elect another king. Aye, there it goes. But yet I will not yield. Curse me, depose me, do the worst you can. Then linger not, my lord, but do it straight. Remember how the bishop was abused. Either banish him that was the cause thereof, Or I will presently discharge these lords Of duty and allegiance due to thee. Aside. Oh, it boots me not to threat. I must speak fair. The legate of the Pope will be obeyed. My lord, you shall be Chancellor of the realm. Thou, Lancaster, High Admiral of our fleet, young mortimer and his uncle shall be earls and you lord warwick 
president of the north and thou of wales ah, if this content you not make several kingdoms of this monarchy and share it equally amongst you all so i may have some nook or corner left to frolic with my dearest gaveston nothing shall alter us we are resolved come come subscribe why should you love him whom the world hates so because he loves me more than all the world oh, none but rude and savage-minded men would seek the ruin of my gaveston you that be noble-born should pity him you that are princely-born should shake him off for shame subscribe and let the lound depart urge him my lord are you content to banish him the realm <laughs> i see i must and therefore am content <laughs> instead of ink i'll write it with my tears the king is lovesick for his minion tis done and now a cursed hand fall off give it to me i'll have it published in the street i'll see him presently dispatched away now is my heart at ease and so is mine this will be good news to the common sort be it or no he shall not linger here exeunt all except king edward how fast they run to banish him i love they would not stir were it to do me good why should a king be subject to a priest proud rome that hatchest such imperial grooms for these thy superstitious taper lights wherewith thy anti-christian churches blaze i'll fire thy crazed buildings and enforce the papal towers to kiss the lowly ground with slaughtered priests may tiber's channel swell and banks raised higher with their sepulchres as for the peers that back the clergy thus if i be king not one of them shall live re-enter gaveston my lord i hear it whispered everywhere that i am banished and must fly the land tis true sweet gaveston oh were it false the legate of the pope will have it so and thou must hence or i shall be deposed but i will reign to be revenged of them and therefore sweet friend take it patiently live where thou wilt i'll send thee gold enough and long thou shalt not stay or if thou dost i'll come to thee my love shall ne'er decline is all my hope turned to this he hell of grief oh, rend not my heart with thy too piercing words thou from this land i from myself am banished to go from hence grieves not poor gaveston 
but to forsake you in whose gracious looks the blessedness of gaveston remains for nowhere else seeks he felicity and only this torments my wretched soul that whether i will or no thou must depart <laughs> be governor of ireland in my stead and there abide till fortune call thee home here take my picture and let me wear thine oh might i keep thee here as i do this happy were i but now most miserable tis something to be pitied of a king thou shalt not hence i'll hide thee gaveston i shall be found and then twill grieve me more kind words and mutual talk makes our grief greater therefore with dumb embracement let us part stay gaveston i cannot leave thee thus for every look my lord drops down a tear seeing as i must go do not renew my sorrow the time is little that thou hast to stay and therefore give me leave to look my fill but come sweet friend i'll bear thee on thy way the peers will frown i pass not for their anger come let's go that we might as well return as go enter the queen whither goes my lord for not on me french strumpet get thee gone on whom but on my husband should i fawn on mortimer with whom ungentle queen i say no more judge you the rest my lord in saying this thou wrong'st me gaveston is it not enough that thou corrupt'st my lord and art abhorred to his affections that thou must call mine honour thus in question i mean not so your grace must pardon me thou art too familiar with that mortimer and by thy means is gaveston exiled but i would wish thee reconcile the lords for thou shalt ne'er be reconciled to me your highness knows it lies not in my power away then touch me not come gaveston villain tis thou that robst me of my lord madame tis you that rob me of my lord speak not unto her let her droop and pine wherein my lord have i deserved these words witness the tears that isabella sheds witness this heart that sighing for thee breaks how dear my lord is to poor isabel and witness heaven how dear thou art to me there weep for till my gaveston be repealed assure thyself thou comest not in my sight 
Exeunt Edward and Gaveston. Oh, miserable and distressed queen! Would, when I left sweet France and was embarked, that charming Circe's walking on the waves had changed my shape, or at the marriage-day the cup of Hymen had been full of poison, or with those arms that twined about my neck I had been stifled, and not lived to see the king my lord thus to abandon me. Like frantic Juno will I fill the earth with ghastly murmur of my sighs and cries, for never doted Jove on Ganymede as much as he on cursed Gaveston. But that will more exasperate his wrath. I must entreat him, I must speak him fair, and be a means to call home Gaveston. And yet he'll ever dote on Gaveston. And so for ever I am miserable. Re-enter Lancaster, Warwick, Pembroke, Mortimer Sr., and Mortimer Jr. Look where the sister of the King of France sits wringing of her hands, and beats her breast. The King, I fear, hath ill entreated her. Hard is the heart that injures such a saint. I know tis long of Gaveston she weeps. Why, he is gone. Madam, how fares your grace? Oh, Mortimer, now breaks the king's hate forth, and he confesseth that he loves me not. Cry quittance, madam, then, and love not him. No, rather will I die a thousand deaths, and yet I love in vain, he'll ne'er love me. Fear ye not, madam, now his minion's gone, his wanton humour will be quickly left. Oh, never, Lancaster. I am enjoined to sue unto you all for his repeal. This wills my lord, and this I must perform, or else be banished from his highness' presence. For his repeal, madam, he comes not back, unless the sea cast up his shipwrecked body. And to behold so sweet a sight as that, there's none here but would run his horse to death. But, madam, would you have us call him home? Ay, Mortimer. For till he be restored, the angry king hath banished me the court. And therefore, as thou lovest and tenderest me, be thou my advocate unto these peers. What, would you have me plead for Gaveston? Plead for him, he that will, I am resolved. And so am I, my lord. Dissuade the queen. O Lancaster, let him dissuade the king, for tis against my will he should return. Then speak not for him. Let the peasant go. Tis for myself I speak, and not for him. No speaking will prevail, and therefore cease. Fair queen, forbear to angle for the fish which, being caught, strikes him that takes it dead. I mean that vile torpedo Gaveston, that now, I hope, floats on the Irish seas. Sweet Mortimer, sit down by me a while and I will tell thee reasons of such weight as thou wilt soon subscribe to his repeal. It is impossible, but speak your mind. Then thus, but none shall hear it but ourselves. Talks to Mortimer, Jr., apart. My lords, albeit the queen win Mortimer, will you be resolute and hold with me? Not I, against my nephew. Fear not, the queen's words cannot alter him. No? Do but mark how earnestly she pleads. And see how coldly his looks make denial. She smiles. Now for my life his mind is changed. 
I'll rather lose his friendship, I, than grant. Well, of necessity it must be so. My lords, that I abhor, base Gaveston, I hope your honours make no question. And therefore, though I plead for his repeal, tis not for his sake, but for our avail, nay for the king's behoof. Fie, Mortimer, dishonour not thyself. Can this be true, t'was good to banish him? And is this true, to call him home again? Such reasons make white black, and dark night day. My lord of Lancaster, mark the respect. In no respect can contraries be true. Yet, good my lord, hear what he can allege. All that he speaks is nothing. We are resolved. Do you not wish that Gaveston were dead? I would he were. Why then, my lord, give me but leave to speak. But, nephew, do not play the sophister. This which I urge is of a burning zeal to mend the king and do our country good. Know you not, Gaveston hath store of gold which may in Ireland purchase him such friends as he will front the mightiest of us all? And whereas he shall live and be beloved, tis hard for us to work his overthrow. Mark you but that, my lord of Lancaster. But were he here, detested as he is, how easily might some base slave be suborned to greet his lordship with a poniard and none so much as blame the murderer but rather praise him for that brave attempt and in the chronicle enroll his name for purging of the realm of such a plague he saith true ay but how chance this was not done before because my lords it was not thought upon nay more when he shall know it lies in us to banish him and then to call him home to make him veil the top flag of his pride and fear to offend the meanest nobleman but how if he do not nephew then may we with some colour rise in arms for howsoe'er we have borne it out tis treason to be up against the king so we shall have the people on our side which for his father's sake lean to the king but cannot brook a night-grown mushrump such a one as my lord of cornwall is should bear us down of the nobility and when the commons and the nobles join tis not the king can buckler gaveston we'll pull him from the strongest hold he hath my lords if to perform this i be slack think me as base a groom as gaveston on that condition lancaster will grant and so will pembroke and i and i in this i count me highly gratified and mortimer will rest at your command and when this favour isabel forgets then let her live abandoned and forlorn but see in happy time my lord the king having brought the earl of cornwall on his way is new returned this news will glad him much yet not so much as me i love him more than he can gaveston would he loved me but half so much then were i treble blessed re-enter the king morning he's gone and for his absence thus i mourn did never sorrow go so near my heart as doth the want of my sweet gaveston and could my crown's revenue bring him back i would freely give it to his enemies and think i gained having bought so dear a friend hark how he harps upon his minion my heart is as an anvil unto sorrow 
which beats upon it like the cyclops hammers and with the noise turns up my giddy brain and makes me frantic for my caviston had oh, some bloodless fury rose from hell and with my kingly sceptre struck me dead when i was forced to leave my caviston diablo what passions call you these my gracious lord i come to bring you news that you have parleyed with your mortimer that gaveston my lord shall be repealed <sighs> repealed the news is too sweet to be true but will you love me if you find it so if it be so what will not edward do for gaveston but not for isabel for thee fair queen if thou lovest gaveston i'll hang a golden tongue about thy neck seeing thou hast pleaded with so good success no other jewels hang about my neck than these my lord nor let me have more wealth than i may fetch from this rich treasury oh how a kiss revives poor isabel once more receive my hand and let this be a second marriage twixt thyself and me and may it prove more happy than the first my gentle lord bespeak these nobles fair that wait attendance for a gracious look and on their knees salute your majesty courageous lancaster embrace thy king and as gross vapours perish by the sun even so let hatred with thy sovereign smile live thou with me as my companion this salutation overjoys my heart warwick shall be my chiefest counsellor these silver hairs will more adorn my court than gaudy silks or rich embroidery chide me sweet warwick if i go astray slay me my lord when i offend your grace in solemn triumphs and in public shows pembroke shall bear the sword before the king and with this sword pembroke will fight for you but wherefore walks young mortimer aside be thou commander of our royal fleet or if that lofty office like thee not i make thee here lord marshal of the realm my lord i'll marshal so your enemies as england shall be quiet and you safe and as for you lord mortimer of chirk whose great achievements in our foreign war deserves no commonplace nor mean reward be you the general of the levied troops that now are ready to assail the scots in this your grace hath highly honoured me for with my nature war doth best agree now is the king of england rich and strong having the love of his renowned peers ay isabel ne'er was my heart so light clerk of the crown direct our warrant forth for gaveston to ireland enter beaumont with warrant beaumont fly as fast as iris or jove's mercury it shall be done my gracious lord exit lord mortimer we leave you to your charge 
now let us in and feasted royally against our friend the earl of cornwall comes we'll have a general tilt and tournament and then his marriage shall be solemnized for what you not that i have made him sure unto our cousin the earl of gloucester's heir such news we hear my lord that day if not for him yet for my sake who in the triumph will be challenger spare for no cost we will requite your love in this or aught your highness shall command us thanks gentle warwick come let's in and revel exeunt all except the mortimers nephew i must to scotland thou stayest here leave now to oppose thyself against the king thou seest by nature he is mild and calm and seeing his mind so dotes on gaveston let him without controlment have his will the mightiest kings have had their minions great alexander loved hephaestion the conquering hercules for hylas wept and for patroclus stem achilles drooped and not kings only but the wisest men the roman tully loved octavius grave socrates wild alcibiades then let his grace whose youth is flexible and promiseth as much as we can wish freely enjoy that vain light-headed earl for riper years will wean him from such toys uncle his wanton humour grieves me not but this i scorn that one so basely born should by his sovereign's favour grow so pert and riot it with the treasure of the realm while soldiers mutiny for want of pay he wears a lord's revenue on his back and midas like he jets it in the court with base outlandish cullions at his heels whose proud fantastic liveries make such show as if that proteus god of shapes appeared i've not seen a dapper jack so brisk he wears a short italian hooded cloak larded with pearl and in his tuscan cap a jewel of more value than the crown whilst other walk below the king and he from out a window laugh at such as we and flout our train and jest at our attire uncle tis this that makes me impatient but nephew now you see the king is changed then so am i and live to do him service but whilst i have a sword a hand a heart i will not yield to any such upstart you know my mind come uncle let's away exeunt end of act one act two of edward the second this librivox recording is in the public domain edward the second by christopher marlowe act two scene one a hall in gloucester's house enter spencer jr and baldock spencer seeing that our lord the earl of gloucester is dead which one of the nobles dost thou mean to serve not mortimer nor any of his side because the king and he are enemies baldock learn this of me a factious lord shall hardly do himself good much less us but he that hath the favour of a king may with one word advance us while we live 
The liberal Earl of Cornwall is the man on whose good fortune Spencer's hope depends. What? Mean you then to be his follower? No, his companion. For he loves me well, and would have once preferred me to the king. But he is banished. There is small hope of him. Aye, for a while. But, Baldock, mark the end. A friend of mine told me in secrecy that he's repealed and sent for back again, and even now a post came from the court with letters to our lady from the king. And as she read, she smiled, which makes me think it is about her lover, Gaveston. It is like enough, for since he was exiled, she neither walks abroad nor comes in sight. But I had thought the match had been broke off, and that his banishment had changed her mind. Our lady's first love is not wavering. My life for thine she will have, Gaveston. Then hope I, by her means, to be preferred, having read unto her since she was a child. Then, Baldock, you must cast it off and learn to court it like a gentleman. Tis not a black coat and a little band, a velvet-capped cloak faced before with serge, and, and smelling to a nosegay all the day, or holding of a napkin in your hand, or saying a long grace at a table's end? or making low legs to a nobleman, or looking downward with your eyelids closed, and saying, Truly, and it may please your honour, can get you any favour with great men. You must be proud, bold, pleasant, resolute, and now and then stab, as occasion serves. Spencer, thou knowest I hate such formal toys, and use them but of mere hypocrisy. Mine old lord, while he lived, was so precise that he would take exceptions at my buttons, and being like pin's heads, blame me for the bigness, which made me curate-like in mine attire, though inwardly licentious enough, and apt for any kind of villainy. I am none of these common patterns, I, that cannot speak with a proper accord. Living of this jesting, here my lady comes. Enter the king's niece. The grief for his exile was not so much as is the joy of his returning home. This letter came from my sweet Gaveston. What needs thou, love, thus to excuse thyself? I know thou couldst not come and visit me. Reads. I will not be long from thee, though I die. This argues the entire love of my lord. Reads. When I forsake thee, death seize on my heart. But rest thee here, where Gaveston shall sleep. Placing the letter in her bosom. Now, to the letter of my lord the king. He wills me to repair unto the court, and meet my Gaveston. Why do I stay, seeing that he talks of my marriage day? Who's there? Baldock, see that my coach be ready. I must hence. It shall be done, madam. And meet me at the park pale presently. Exit Baldock. Spencer, stay you and bear me company, for I have joyful news to tell thee of. My lord of Cornwall is a-coming over, and will be at the court as soon as we. I knew the king would have him home again. If all things sort out as I hope they will, thy service, Spencer, shall be thought upon. I humbly thank your ladyship. Come, lead the way. I long till I am there. Axiant. Scene two. Before Tynemouth Castle. Enter the King, the Queen, Kent, Lancaster, Mortimer Jr., Warwick, Pembroke, and attendants. 
the wind is good i wonder why he stays i fear me he is racked upon the 